0: Not afraid to tell it like it is. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon till 3 on AM 900 CHML. All right, we all heard about the Auditor General's uh, report yesterday. The Auditor General, I guess, quickly becoming the the enemy of the Ontario government. Uh, anytime the Ontario uh, Auditor General says anything negative in regard to the government, uh, they just say that they have the numbers wrong. We heard this again. Uh, we heard this a while back with the $37 billion. The Auditor General said that we overpaid. Not invested unwisely, overpaid in greed energy. Now we're finding out, uh, about a year after the Ontario government said that we were well within the budget of the Pan Am Games and therefore paid out five million dollars in bonuses. Now the Auditor General says uh, after her investigation, her report, that uh, they were 342 million dollars over budget. Uh, again, is it just got to the point now, oh well, wow, 342 million. What's that? Come on. In the grand scheme of things, what's $342 million? And you know, it's hard to get good people nowadays. Have we just got to the point where eh, it's the norm, we don't care? And the bigger question, who do, you, who do you believe here? Do you believe our premier or do you believe our auditor general? Which one? Because I think in the end, people want to know, if it went over budget, or if it went under budget, if we got bang for our buck. Let's bring in Ian Lee, Sprott School of Business, Carleton University. He's with us now. Good afternoon, Ian. How are you today? I'm doing just fine, Scott. You didn't get lost in that sinkhole out there, did you? No, no, I stayed away from it. <laughs> good for you. Good for you. All right, we've heard so much about the Pan Am Games. Was this a good bang for Ontario's buck?
1: Uh, I do not believe so um, on two different levels. Um, if you just want to deal with the, the question of the, um, of the uh, bonuses and so forth, I mean, by the way, I do trust the Auditor General. That's why there is an Auditor General of Canada to audit federal spending. That's why there is an Auditor General of Ontario. Um, and they are auditors, by the way. They are professional chartered accountants trained as auditors. And so... and I'll say this generically, so I'm not picking on Premier Wynne, if any Auditor General in Canada says uh, determines something and politicians of any political party disagree, I I believe the Auditor General. They are trained professional accountants to audit the books. That's their job. Politicians are not professional auditors of books. So when it comes down to that, I I, I trust the Auditor General. And her point was, and I I found it very... um, disturbing was that they were the executives of the pan Am game were supposed to get the bonus only if they came in on budget well they did not come in on budget they came in wildly over budget and yet they still got their bonuses and that's not the way bonuses are supposed to work in the public sector or the private sector you're supposed to deliver it's an incentive to make sure that you deliver performance well what does it say when you uh... do you go over budget very significantly and they still give you your bonus they're saying it really doesn't matter that you perform your job properly or not, and I don't think that's a good message for any organization, public sector or private sector, to
0: deliver. Whose whose books are the bonuses based on, or should we have to wait, or should they have to wait the government, meaning uh, for the auditor general's report before they pay bonuses?
1: Well, that that's a good point. They could certainly build that into the contract uh, because it would be written up in the contract when the bonuses are due. So you can say uh, they're due sub, uh, to the, uh, sub, uh, once the Auditor General has completed the audit. And that's not, such a, that's not a crazy idea at all. That's an excellent idea because the internal management accounting systems, and I'm not uh, suggesting anybody was cooking the books or anything, but the internal management accounting system of any organization, of your organization, of my university, are not the same um, records as uh, those of audit because there's very strict rules In audit, And I'm not going to go into the weeds, but suffice to say there's strict rules about what expenses can be recognized and when you recognize expenses and revenues and so forth. Whereas internal management accounting systems are not subject to those very onerous and stringent rules. So you can actually have, it may sound strange to someone who's not familiar with accounting, but you can actually have an internal set of books that are saying you made money or you broke even, and then the audit comes in and says, no, 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 you didn't. So that, that's quite conceivable. It doesn't mean that somebody was stealing. It just means that the, uh, um, the management accounting system is not as rigorous uh, as uh, are, the, uh, um, uh, are the auditing rules. And uh, that's why they should wait until the audit comes in before they decide to pay the bonus or not.
0: Is that what happened here? Because a year ago, Ontario said, yeah, we were well within budget.
1: Yeah. I am guessing, I mean, that, well, I've got, we've got two possibilities, right? Either they are deceiving and misleading us uh, deliberately or uh, there was an honest mistake where the, and I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, that their internal accounting system said, oh, no, we, uh, we broke even, and uh, then it turns out after uh, that they didn't. I mean, audit, I, I really want to emphasize that. Audit is much more rigorous than, than the internal system. The internal systems are good. In any organize, in any large organization, they're pretty good, you know. But they're not as 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 demanding. They're not the rules are not as demanding as they are for a uh, an actual audit. and uh, And so, the fact that the auditor general has ruled, and and of course she publishes her records, and and all their records are transparent. Uh, I accept the uh, what the auditor general of Ontario found that they were over budget, and therefore they but the executives should not have been paid.
0: That being said, how much weight do we put into the government's numbers then, whenever they release any?
1: Oh, they—they uh, they should always be uh, taken with a grain of salt. And uh, I mean, I-, I came from a bank years ago. I worked in a bank uh, almost ten years in banking on the credit side, and we had a bias towards audited financial statements. Not it, 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 not all companies must have their financial statements audited. If you're a private small business, you know, in, in downtown Toronto or downtown Hamilton or something, there's no requirement, uh, no legal requirement for you to be audited. If you're publicly traded on the Toronto Stock Exchange, you must be. And I know at the federal level, all Crown corporations, government Crown corporations like Export Development Corporation, Canada Mortgage Housing, Canada Post have audited financial statements because that's the all that's the gold standard. When you hear the phrase audited financial statements, that's where the accountant signs on the line and says, I certify. Mm -hmm. I certify that these books and these numbers are accurate. So you can't get a more rigorous standard than audited financial statements. Whereas government um, uh, internal management accounting uh, records are, um, I'm not suggesting that they're deliberately cooking the books or anything. I'm just simply saying that they, they get them out fairly quickly and they're always subject to. The final audit, where final adjustments may have to be made,
0: is this excuse, Is that any excuse for going over budget? And should we be alarmed by three hundred forty-two million over budget?
1: Well, for me, it's not. I mean, the government of Ontario—I hate to say this because it makes it sound like I'm being trivial or flippant about the money—but the government of Ontario, and uh, you know, Ontario is a huge province, and the government of Ontario spends an awful lot of money. So, I mean, this is in the grand scheme of things, it's a small amount um, in, in percentage terms. But that. There's no reason why we should become flippant or trivial, uh, trivialize the amounts of money, and for me it 's the larger issue. if you 're going to set up bonuses, which they are increasingly doing in the public sector, by the way, they 're doing it in hospitals, they 're doing it in universities, they're, and I have no problem with that they 've been in the private sector for a long time. they're incentives to achieve certain level of accomplishment or behavior. But if you 're going to set them up, which is okay i 'm okay with that, but if you 're going to set them up, then make sure that the bonus system has integrity. That is to say, you don't pay it when the person screws up. You know, I I like to, and I'm not a jock, but I do follow sports like a lot of people. And, you know, in the NFL and in the NHL, they have bonuses. If you achieve a certain number of goals, you get a bonus if it's in your contract, I mean. Well, you don't give the guy the bonus if he didn't achieve the the goals he was supposed to score, you know. Or if you're in the football, you know, if you you know you you didn't uh, throw a certain number of interceptions, you kept it below a certain level, you get a bonus. Well, they don't give you the bonus if you didn't achieve the uh, those objectives because the idea is to incentivize you to work really hard and bust your butt to achieve those numbers, to achieve those results. So here in the public sector, they're giving the bonus. To the executives, even though they did not achieve what they were supposed to achieve to earn the bonus. So you're undermining and sabotaging the whole purpose of your, own, your bonus system. If you're going to do that, just get rid of it.
0: So, so what's in this for the Ontario government? I mean, why even bother? Is this the new norm, let the A- AG investigate and then just deny the findings?
1: Well, I wish. I mean, I, I, I want to be careful. I, I'm not partisan. and I don't belong to any political party. But I wish that the, this government would take these findings much more seriously. There's been problems identified in electricity. There's been problems identified here, and we. I wish this government uh, would take the the findings the of the auditor general much more seriously. I mean, I'm old enough to remember in Ottawa. Okay, I'm jumping to Ottawa because I'm obviously from Ottawa. When the Auditor General released his annual report, and even to this day, and if you were fingered or named or identified in that annual report of the Auditor General, I mean, your world fell in. It was a really bad, bad thing. Mm. Uh, You know, sort of the running joke in Ottawa is, if you didn't get in the Auditor General's report, you had a good year, you know, because Mm. it was not a good thing for your career. In other words, we took and take the Auditor General's report extremely seriously. And it can have repercussions on your career. I know deputy ministers in Ottawa who have been fired, fired. People say no one gets fired in the government of Canada. That's largely true. Most people don't. But I know some deputy ministers over the years who got fired because of a report by the Auditor General of Canada that was very negative because it's taken very seriously. Unfortunately, it seems that in Ontario... They do not take the report of the Auditor General as seriously as, as the, uh, the community uh, uh, does in Ottawa of, 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 you know, of, of, of public servants and, of course, of elected officials and academics and, and, and media and so forth.
0: Uh, again, fr- from uh, a citizen's point of view, from somebody who, who, who lived through this in southern Ontario, did southern Ontario get a, a good bang for their buck? I'll ask you again. Hamilton yeah. got a stadium out of it, so yeah. should we look at this and be happy?
1: I'm glad you asked that question, because now we're on a different subject, just so everybody understands we're changing gears here. Um, politicians everywhere, um, ha- uh, um, like a moth to fire, you know, go after mega events. And I mean by that Olympics. Pan Am Games, these really big mega-events, and they invariably justify it. It's going to increase the wealth of our city. It's going to raise the incomes of everybody. The GDP of the city and the region is going to go up. We're all going to become more uh, affluent and more successful. This, This, Scott, has been studied over and over by many, many, many different professors across Canada and the United States using very rigorous statistical economic methodology. And they've studied things like what's the impact of the Super Bowl on the economy of the city that sponsored the Super Bowl. Uh, The one that's been studied even more is the Olympics. And what they have found, study after study after study, and I mean there's been dozens and dozens of these studies in peer-reviewed journals. And they have found that there is no net long-term economic benefit to hosting these events. Now, some of your listeners may say, that idiot doesn't he understand about civic pride. We are not talking about civic pride. If we want to go and spend a billion bucks to feel good about ourselves in Ottawa or Montreal or Toronto because we got the Olympics, that's a different question. But the argument that's been given every time to sell the Vancouver Olympics, the Olympics around the world in different cities, is it, were going to be, it won't cost us a dime. We're all going to have all kinds of money, and it will all be better off. And that claim made by politicians has been studied over and over, and what they found is every Olympics, is the Olympics has been the one that gets the most attention because it's the biggest of the big. And every Olympics is a big net loss. To the city and the region, the Vancouver Olympics. By the way, people think that they get these billions and billions of revenues. They got a, a less than three billion of revenues, and the cost came in at eleven billion. So the net gain was negative. And then some people say, and I want to be very quick on this, Scott, because I hear this all the time. I heard it in Ottawa bringing back CFL, which I think is a good idea. But people said, look, look at those ticket sales. And so they extrapolate and say, well, 20000 a game or $25,000 at an average ticket price of X. And they add that up and say, look at the extra contribution to the economy. Well, that's nonsense. Because we, all of us as people that go to football games or baseball games, we don't get a pay raise to go and buy those tickets. What happens is money I was going to spend going to the restaurant or to the Raptors or to some other sports event, I'm now going and spending on the other event. In other words, I'm just substituting my expenditure for one activity on another. But what the sports promoters and the politicians do is they take all these revenues from the ticket sales of the Olympics or the Pan Am Games, and they say, look, at, that's a net addition to the economy. No, no, no. All it, all of us are doing is just moving money from and spending it there on Pan Am Games tickets instead of going to a restaurant or going on a holiday or buying some T-shirts or whatever. So it does not cause a net increase. And on the infrastructure side, because the argument is, well, we got a nice new stadium. Again, this has been studied by economists. And what they found is governments don't spend more than they would have. All they do is take money from other budgets that were going to be spent on something else, maybe a park 10 miles down the road, and they take the money out of that budget to move it over to give you the new stadium that you're talking about or the new velodrome or the new arena. And so, again, all they're doing is shuffling the assets, shuffling the the revenues around. It does not produce a growth in the overall incomes of that city or region, and it doesn't produce a net increase other than the annual average growth rate of the economy for the region. So the argument that these mega events are going to make you rich in that city that sponsors the mega event it has been disproven in study after study. Sochi cost over 60 billion dollars and 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 they lost over 50 billion dollars the Russian Sochi Olympics. So the point is is that we should, and the mayor of Toronto should be commended for being very leery about sponsoring some of these uh, mega events because the city ends up being a net loser.
0: So why do it? Why do cities get involved?
1: I, I actually think, I really believe this, uh, I really believe this, that the politicians get involved, whether they're mayors or governors or premiers and so forth, because they've got big egos. And they have future political ambitions, and their eyes are, and they're, they're dreaming of the day of the opening ceremony. They're going to be up there on the podium mm. with all the famous people of the world, or some of the famous people. It could be the president of the Olympic movement, or whichever is the uh, event that's being uh, sponsored. And, and so I think it's it's civic uh, and political egos that drive it. It is not being driven by economic logic, or economic data, or economic common sense. It's being driven by the egos of the of the uh, people involved who uh, see uh, they think that this is going to raise their profile um, uh, help their career um, and of course they'll rationalize it by saying no 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 I'm doing it for the people and so forth but it, as I said and the, I, I've got a biblio, a bibliography there are just it's just amazing the number of professors and some other people some um, cent- uh, some central government agencies that have studied this to death and found that These mega events are net loser's economically. Now, not, I'm not taking away the fact that there's a lot of civic pride mm-hmm. if you sponsor the Super Bowl or the Pan Am Games and so people get all excited and they're all enthusiastic and God bless them. That's wonderful. But, and, that, and that's not, I'm not sneering at that. That's a legitimate motivation. But it is, we should disabuse ourselves of the idea that we're going to make money and we're all going to be better off by sponsoring one of these mega events. The evidence is very, very, very clear. When you do one of these mega events, You, the community, will be paying for it. You will be a net loser in terms of dollars and cents, although you're civic pride may go up, and you may be a lot happier from a civic pride point of view.
0: It seemed 20, 30 years ago, uh, hosting the Olympics was a much bigger deal than it is now. Is the illusion of hosting one of these events waning? Do Are people realizing this? Because, again, at one time, yeah. uh, you know, cities with Toronto has been turned down a couple of times for yeah. the Olympics. Uh, now it appears that they can't get people to to host this thing because of the because of the huge cost. It's just not worth it anymore.
1: You just hit the nail on the head. Um, and- um, the, uh, the latest, I'm, I follow this because it's an issue that I, I know there's a rich literature in. There's actually a sports journal, business literature of peer-reviewed journals uh, in the States. And it's mostly economists that, that publish in this because there's a lot of data involved, a lot of economic data. Um, what's happened in the last two cycles, economic uh, uh, Olympic cycles, is that fewer and fewer cities are applying. Because, partly yeah. because of inflation, let's call it Olympics inflation, partly because the Olympics committees, committee, excuse me, is demanding uh, more and more um, um, deliverables. Yeah. You know, you have to have so many yep. bathrooms, and there, and it's becoming more and more ostentatious, more and more of a, uh, you know, a Rolls-Royce yeah. uh, event. And, and you layer on top of that the security, because increasingly terrorists and bad guys are saying, gee whiz, uh, the world is watching the Olympics, and what a what a place to, to do something horrible and and so the cost of security is going through the roof to governments and the infrastructure costs are going through the roof and the olympic committee wants bigger and bigger and better and nicer and fancier facilities and so the cost is truly st- i mean Sochi cost 60 billion US dollars for 10 or 12 days uh, in Sochi and uh, and the and, uh, people think well the revenues the tv revenues are spectacular they're not i mean they're they're good but they're not even close to covering the costs. I mean, Sochi was five to one. In other words, for every dollar of television and advertising revenues, they had $5 of costs. Hmm. So that gives you, gives you an idea. You could say, well, that was Sochi, except that every Olympics in, in, for many, many years have lost money. Mayor Drapeau, 1970, I think it was 72, yep. right? The Olympics can no more have a deficit than a man can have a baby. Hmm. Well, I guess a man gave birth because the (laughs) Montreal Olympics lost a crap load of money. Uh,
0: And then you add corruption on top of that. I mean, uh, I think the IOC has got to relaunch this whole thing.
1: Well, I think that that's what's going to happen is that they may one proposal, and I'll be very quick because I know we're running out of time, but one proposal, they've always wanted to go to new countries, to new venues, to new cities, which really makes it expensive. Now they're talking about, well, why don't we recycle through a roster of cities that have in the past already built the Olympics? infrastructure because they're past sponsors of the olympics and then rotate through you know five cities or six cities and yeah you might have to do a bit of sprucing up of when you come back to that city 20 25 years later but a lot of the infrastructure will still be there and 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 the the logic of that of course is to try to reduce the staggering cost of sponsoring and putting on the Olympics for two weeks.
0: Ian Lee has been with us, Sprott School of Business, Carleton University, talking about the Auditor General's report from yesterday that said the province went over budget on Pan Am Games and the worth of hosting such events. Ian, is always a pleasure. Thanks for the time. Much appreciated.
1: Thanks a lot, Scott.